One, probably because I don't know, I'm getting deaded by my wife if I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that gun to your head. Yeah, that gun to the head wouldn't be an analogy anymore. But like, Jamie, where did you get that back? <laughs> Want to beat the burnout and find out what it really takes to boost your mojo? Welcome to the Mojo Show. Join Kyle Hargreaves and David Elcoat, a couple of guys that used to be fit, then got fat, but managed to get fit again. They're on a mission to cut through all of the BS from the world of health, fitness and self-help and share their knowledge and experience as coaches to help you consistently look good, feel great and be at your best. All right, guys, welcome to the Mojo Show um, with myself, David Elko, and on the other end of the call, we have... Kyle, the wife, Hargreaves. Kyle, the wife, Hargreaves, and yeah, sorry, Fat Dave and Kyle, the wife, Hargreaves. <laughs> well, get in there, get in there. I'm only, what, I, I, I measured in... Uh, 35 so you know i'm only a couple of inches off target now good man well done uh, really you know. really well done so yeah i'm talking about my waistline guys as well so get you get you get you just just to clarify because <laughs> that, that did not sound phallic at all kyle not in any way shape or form <laughs> uh, yeah okay. so just just to, just to put that into some perspective um back in the pt days my waist was what the 32 i think at the biggest um and then in my fat days it went up to about 43 so you know back down to 35 aiming for around 34 33 is my target so there you go there's some perspective there for you good man well done really really well done thanks very much anyway anyway we're not here to talk about my shrinking waistline um so much so we, we do have a bit of a, a topic that Dave mentioned that he, one of the things he wanted to speak about today was apparently listening back to our podcast from last week. If you didn't hear it, um, if not, both, why not? <laughs> yeah, if not, why not? <laughs> if you're not listening to this now, then you need to. <laughs> um, apparently. We said we were talking about doing the work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Dave because this is something that Dave wanted to bring up, talking about doing the work. So I'm gonna let Dave kind of explain what he means by or why he wanted to bring that up as a as a topic. So Alright, cheers, Carl. Um doing the work, it's just again it's uh, you, you obviously mate, you've known me for fifteen years, you know how I love vague statements. Um and our industry is full of them like so so full of them um and i found that we actually use them and i think it's something that all pts trainers coaches therapists do you get when you're going into your spiel you get so in the zone with what you want to say that sometimes you do forget that the person in front of you potentially has zero knowledge gives zero fucks (laughs) about the industry and the spiel they just want to know what's in it for them and how can we help them achieve what they want to achieve and so sometimes when you're going do the work blah blah you know various other cliched statements um they just look at you and go no idea what you're talking about where's that ice cream gone <laughs> you know like we said they go what do you home. mean do the work i do work i work all day <laughs> yeah i work about? eight hours a day then i look after my family um i do the work already i'm done so what do you actually mean well in a very simple nutshell it's it's the process that you use to 
get you to change from where you are to where you want to be. Now, in terms of your health and well-being, that'll be looking at, you know, a few very, very simple things. And I'm sure Kyle's going to add any stuff that I might not think about. And, you know, between us, we'll come to a, a bigger, better picture. You know, sleep, mind and brain set, nutrition, hydration, movement. And I use movement instead of exercise because, you know, there, there's a lot of negative connotations around the word exercise, thanks to some various adverts over the few years, you know, and what you do for like rest and recovery, not just sleep, but, you know, what's your downtime like? Um, and Kyle, can you think of anything else? Okay, yeah, well, in, in this case, we're looking specifically at, or you're using specifically the example of fitness, right? So, most of it's pretty common sense. Like if if you want to lose weight, I mean the the industry or the fitness industry itself is kind of governed by this whole eat less, move more kind of um, philosophy, which again is kind of pretty vague, right? Because eat less what? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> do, what do you mean more movement? You know, do you want me to scratch my nose more or what? You know, so yeah. Um. So if we're looking at it from a, like a health and fitness perspective, yeah, there are kind of there are, there are several components making sure that you are like in terms of doing the work, it's looking at making sure you get enough sleep and not just getting enough sleep, but the quality of your sleep is good so that you know you're getting sleep at the right kind of times. Again, right kind of times a vague statement, but if you look if you start thinking about things like circadian rhythms, then you know. But your natural body clock, for that, if you don't know what that means, um, basically your your hormone your hormone levels change throughout the day to kind of support you being active and support sleep, and it's getting sleep in time with that. So there's sleep's part of it. Then you've got your hydration, making sure that you get enough water throughout the day for your height and weight and whatever else. And then when we're talking about food, it's not necessarily a case of just like eat less. It's a case of you know what are you eating what's the quality of the food that you're eating where is it coming from where is it sourced from is it right for your type so it can become it can become a little bit of um, a minefield and overwhelming so when it comes to kind of doing the work it's it's going through like Dave was saying about creating that process and going through like whatever that person wants and helping them actually get really clear on the things that they need to focus on and what the work to actually do is um yeah so that's kind of kind of what what i would mean by doing the work is actually looking at the specific actions that need to be taken to make something happen yeah that's that's i mean and that's it it's that it's that specificity you know like you said drink more water goes from drink more water to you need to over the course of 24 hours drink two liters of water no fluid no juice no tea as an example just pure water anything else adds on and is a bonus but just two liters of pure water and when you then start to go well oh that's quite a lot in and it's like well really okay you get up at what say six go to bed by 10 in an ideal world <laughs> yeah you've got 16 hours to drink two liters it, it works out to like 500 mil every four hours that's a pint every four hours and and that's that right there all of a sudden you've got to drink one pint every four hours that's a very specific target that you can achieve yeah if yeah. you want to break it sorry go on 
As you say, yeah, you're just breaking it, breaking it down into simple steps. Simple, it's most simple component parts. Yeah, you know, get go to bed and be asleep by ten, ten thirty at night. You know, wake up by six. Try and get the best quality. You know, what sort of things do you do before bed? And it, it's just getting into that specifics of how do you do that. Yeah, so it goes from this principle and vagueness into a specific day-to-day action. Because once you've got that simplicity of day-to-day actions that you can do, it's just a matter of repetition. Um, it's, 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 it's not the most sexy thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really sorry to sort of make it sound so boring. But, you know, something Kyle and I have made for 15 years. Yeah, honestly, Kyle's falling asleep. Right? But, you know, let's, let's be honest with people. Kyle, is it the most exciting thing actually doing this? No, hell no. no it's not. Losing, getting in shape is not sexy in any way, shape, or form. It's a ball ache. Yeah, it is a ball ache. It's an absolute arse ache. It really is. It's like, oh, I've got to drink two liters of water. I've got to get a good night's sleep. Oh, I've got to do at least 30 minutes of exercise that elevates my heart rate. You know, so I'm actually talking. Oh, I find it hard to talk. You know, for me, that's a lot more cardio than <laughs> saying someone like Kyle because I talk a lot. <laughs> well, what, what do you mean I can't eat crisp and chocolate for lunch every day? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not. It's not the most exciting thing, all right. But it can work, and it's just doing those little things consistently. You know, if you have a chocolate bar every day, all of a sudden you cut it down to every other day, you've literally halved your calorie intake over a year. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It, it accumulates, doesn't it? So it's it does accumulation, and, and that's it is. It is about that specific consistency multiplied by practice and the accumulation, and over time it works. And it's, it's, it's just rinse and repeat. And if you're struggling, you know, and looking at it, going, "Oh my God, there's so much that I could change." Um, something I tell my clients is, you don't actually need to change it all at the start. You only need to change one thing. Dave, Dave, Dave. Yep. You're making love to the oh. microphone again. I'm, am I doing face love to my right? It's caught on my collar again, sorry. It's obviously where I moved. There we go. So, yeah, I, t- I tell my clients, change one, just one thing. You know, it's, it's what it's what in, um, it actually comes from sales and stuff from coaching. It's called selling the one. Because if you can sell yourself on just one thing, you can actually sell yourself on a million. It's just, again, a matter of repetition and accumulation. Yeah, and I think, if we, if, we, if we get back to kind of like the idea of specifically doing the work um, like in anything, because it can be fitness, it can be something to do with day-to-day life, it could be business. I mean, like it could just be relationships as well. You know, anything that we do, like if we want a certain outcome from any part of our life, then there is going to be some kind of work involved. Um, and the same principle applies, it's breaking that down. But I think part of the problem as well is, being aware of kind of how you spend your time and whether you're actually mm. taking those actions. Now, I know for me personally, um, especially when I was in the uh, what, I, what I call down the whole days so for the days when I was, <laughs> you know, struggling with like the depression and the weight and everything else, um, I, was, I wasn't being particularly aware of what I was doing. I was very, very quick to blame everybody and everything else for my problems and you know just like trans like a form of transference just projecting everything out onto everybody else but i wasn't really paying much attention to what i was doing and a lot of the time when we when we when we when we're not getting the result we want it's it's because we're not 
taking the actions we need to take to get the result we want where our actions what we uh, what we get is our outcome is based on what we do or what we don't do right yeah so when i was sitting there feeling sorry for myself the reason i was sitting there feeling sorry for myself is because i'd spent best part of five years isolating myself from people stuffing my face full of crap not exercising not doing the work that I should have been doing on myself or within my business or, or whatever else, you know, I wasn't doing, wasn't doing the work, but, but I was very quick to kind of project that onto everybody else. And when I started to, when I took that really long, hard look in the mirror and I was sort of like, like, where am I now? And what are my actions? Like, hang on a minute. This is what I'm saying. I want, want, these are the actions I need to be taking. There, there's a disconnect there. Cause I ain't doing that. I'm doing the complete opposite. <laughs> What do you mean? You, you can't you can't get fit while eating Oreos, Kyle. Why? <laughs> Why not? It's not fair. Yeah, I was trying to eat them really fast to get my heart rate up and everything, and it wasn't working. <laughs> you know what? Somewhere, somewhere, there would be a class marketed, mate. It's called Oreo cardio, you know, or cookie cardio. There we go. Eat cookies as fast as you can to elevate your heart rate. Come try the new fitness craze. Whilst on a treadmill. What's on a chimney? Yeah. <laughs> Warning, choking hazard may apply. <laughs> so uh, write, that, write that down, Dave. Write that down. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take note. That's a new class idea. <laughs> Cookie cardio. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, yeah, like like you said, when, you know, like about doing the work, and I think that links in nicely to what you wanted to, to speak about is like recognising when you are in that black hole. Um is that the avoiding responsibility for yourself and blaming other people? Um, oh, I've done it as well. Uh, I've, I've almost destroyed relationships doing it. Um, I've been an absolute hole because it's everyone's fault but my own. Um, when in reality, yeah, go go take a look in. I affectionately used to call this process with my clients holding up the bullshit mirror. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the bullshit doesn't stand <laughs> when you hold that mirror up, does it? No. Nope. <laughs> No. <laughs> I, I actually found like one of my old journals recently because um, part of my process of holding up the bullshit mirrors I actually wrote down what is it I want like in, in all different areas of life I had like a section for relationships one for health one for business another one for like fun and activities money and all that sort of stuff and I wrote down what I wanted in each one and then on the next page, I was like, what am I actually doing? Uh, okay, I'm just <laughs> sitting on my arse, binge-watching How I Met Your Mother, stuffing my face full of cookies and ice cream in a box room, spending money that I don't have on junk food. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see why this isn't working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but that, that that's part of it, isn't it? So when we talk about like like you said doing the work as a term is is very vague and there's um but but vague isn't necessarily a bad thing either um no like in, if, if i don't know if any of you guys have heard of neural neuro linguistic programming I'm, I'm a master practitioner but i can't pronounce it um <laughs> yeah nlp for short um we talk actually one of the things that we actually talk about is the use of vague language right now vague language can be really useful and it can be a hindrance at the same time so if we look at it in terms of a hindrance so say do the work and we look at that as a vague statement um 
as a hindrance, it can be, well, you know, well, I'm not doing the work or, or, or I do do the work or whatever. It's like, okay, well, what work are you actually doing as well? I don't know. I, I do this or I do that. And but there's, there's kind of no, there's no kind of clarification or specificity around it. So it can be, it can become, but it creates uh, unclear, uncertainty, unclear intent. Yep. And that can trigger threat, which then leads to threat behavior, which is your freeze, fight and flight, which is your things like running for food, doing nothing, um, blaming everybody else and whatever else. Right. So so on one hand, they can be unhelpful. So like we said, if we just tell you to do the work and you don't know what that work is, what's going to happen? Sweet. But on the flip side, you can use vague language in a way to for, to allow a person to actually fill in the blanks for themselves so yeah. so you know it can be a useful thing as well because then the ideas and suggestions come from the person so if if we were to use the the term do the work and say with again we use health and fitness as the example because that's where we started right then automatically the person's going to start coming up with ideas of okay well i need to stop doing this i need to start doing that i need to stop eating this so you know it can be kind of a double-edged sword like the whole vague thing but yeah i don't even know why i went off on that tangent Um, Um, i think because and it's something that you know and again i know we've both done it in the industry car where you know we've built these programs and these nutritional things that tell people what to do and that's an instruction um they can work in the short term but in the long run because the ideas don't come from the person they lack empowerment because they haven't had to contribute to it yeah um, and because they haven't put their own input into it, their own stamp, so to speak, there's no emotional buy-in from it. Because yeah. once it's done, then it's done. Then what do they do? They just go back and revert to type behavior that they were doing previously. Yeah, there's no ownership of the process. No, no, there's none. And it, there's, there's that. So you've got no ownership, no emotional buy-in. You then don't have any accountability to yourself and therefore you avoid responsibility. And that's that's where, like you say, that vague language does come in because they build their own specificity. And it takes them from that vague to the specifics and it gives them clarity. And because they've got the clarity, they don't lack the unclear or they don't have unclear intent. So there's no threat response. Yeah. Um, by the way, guys, like that, that is a literally little gold mine. Like rewind, re- reread until that actually sinks in. Um, because like Kyle said about unclear intent, if you basically there's three things that trip like the stress or, or the, what we call the threat response in like, neurology is what you, most people call stress right three things that trigger your stress response too fast too slow and unclear intent of those too fast and too slow the brain can adapt to given enough time yeah and enough stimulus yeah unclear intent it hates with a passion Okay, it absolutely cannot stand not knowing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, look look, look at it this way, like as an analogy, right? So if we're looking at too fast or too slow. So if you imagine you're standing in a road and there's a car coming at you at 100 mile an hour, uh, your brain can kind of adapt to that and go, okay, I can see that threat. I need to move out of the way of it. Boom, you know what to do. There's a program response. You can you can adapt to that stimulus. Yeah. That's that's too fast. Uh, similarly, too slow. The car could be coming at you at ten mile an hour, and you could have half an hour to make that decision. But change the scenario. Stick you in the middle of the woods, in the dark, not knowing where you are, in the middle of nowhere. 
that would be a form of unclear intent. You wouldn't have a clue necessarily what to do, unless you were Bear Grylls, maybe, and you're yeah. kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and as much as everyone would like to think they're in a Bear Grill will come out, what is more than likely to happen is your brain just goes, nah, mate, nah, nah, shut down, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 just crawl into the fetal position under a tree and cry. <laughs> yeah. And hope for ice cream. It's <laughs> <laughs> that bit where you're like carving help me into the ground into and you tree, look up yeah. and realise there's trees everywhere so no one can see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Uh, that is actually a really good, somewhat facetious analogy from us again. <laughs> but that's the idea, right? So if there's no clear intent, if you've got no no clue as to what the work actually is then how the hell can you do the work it's like it's like being in class right and your teacher giving you homework and say right you need to go and do your homework now and you go what is the homework just go and do it what is it (laughs) don't give me any lip just go and do your homework but what is the homework what do you want me to do Oh, brilliant. Unfortunately for some people, bless them, the whole fitness industry is predicated on that entire response. (laughs) So when we talk about kind of like move more or eat less and move more, it's like, well, I need more information than that. So then you get things like, okay, well, eat less. Oh, maybe I should just eat less calories and move more. Okay, well, if I just do this elliptical trainer for 45 minutes a day, oh, there, but there's my solution. That must work. Yeah. And then when they don't, when they don't get any sustainable results, then it's like you're back to square one. And it's yeah. So specificity is what we're saying. Yeah. That's that's it. And but it's specificity that has to come from them, from you, the person listening to this podcast, the client in front of us. Yeah, it's using questioning to get specifics. You know, you can look at different things from us, from other people, but ultimately that decision, that final decision has to come from you. Yeah, and and, the important, and I think part of the important kind of next to specificity and knowing what to do is actually following through and doing it, right? Because actions yeah. create outcomes, don't they? So yeah, that's that's kind of the key or the two key things when we're talking about do the work is one know what the work is and then two get off your ass and go and do it yep you know but it's it's a pretty simple formula really yeah it's just the hard bit doing it yeah um now obviously on that on that note car right like you say is actions create outcomes and you know not everybody does you know you can get all the clarity in the world but sometimes you do lack i'm going to use the word will except you know you and i both know something like that drive and when you are in that black hole, like how do you, because I know this is something you wanted to talk about, how do you recognise you are there, you know, and what do you do to change it and identify any triggers or any things that you can use to get out of it? Well, that's, uh, the, f- the first thing is kind of, like you say, is is be, is it's starting to have that um, willingness to actually look in the BS mirror, like actually yeah. look at the bullshit mirror, because I mean, I, it, for a long time, and for my, for me personally, right when I was playing the blame game of everybody else, and I was, I was, kind of, I was in denial a, a lot of the time that, that there wasn't anything wrong with me. I was fine. Yeah, um, yeah. It was everybody else, and you know, bad luck, and when really, 
all, all kind of arrows were pointing to pointing the opposite. It's like uh, it's like there was a great big glaring neon sign with pointing to the problem, and I just kept turning my back to it. Uh, <laughs> um, and even like even my my sister, who she's a social worker, and I, I was living with her for a little while because I was kind of well, if it wasn't if it wasn't for her, I would have been homeless. So <clears throat> even she said that. She she saw signs of depression and 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 I was like I was very that that actually triggered something because again right depression is a pretty loaded word there's a lot of stigma and there's a lot of bullshit around depression and whatever else as well um, and that that triggered a threat reaction in me and that 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 pissed me right off but it kind of sat with me for a little while and I started looking at what I was doing and I was looking at the situation I was in. I knew yeah. I wasn't happy. I knew I wasn't happy with my situation. And there came a point where I just kind of had to start to accept the fact that if I carried on doing what I was doing, I was going to keep getting the same result. So, again, it came back down to this doing the work thing, right? But at the same time, my energy was low. My motivation was low. Um, my confidence and my self-belief was through the floor, and I was in a pretty shitty place. So it started with, simple things I knew, I knew that if anything was going to happen I needed to start building myself back up uh, and you know that was that was a process in and of itself for me I started off like like I mentioned earlier I did a bit of journaling and stuff and that works for some people it doesn't doesn't work for everybody I also sort of started talking about things a bit more and then I like, was posting things I was actually using Facebook as a bit of a journal as well just to kind of like brain dump it wasn't really for anybody else as such it was more it was more for me but also kind of there was, I suppose there was kind of a hope that it would, it would connect with some people that were going through similar struggles or kind of help me get in front of the right people but yeah it, a lot, it started with kind of brain dumping and just getting the shit that was in my head out of my head so it wasn't just in my head so like the thoughts because I was becoming like attached to all these negative thoughts and whatever else I had to kind of distance myself from it a little bit so brain yeah. dumping was one way of doing that um and another thing another thing I did is I actually started looking at doing things that I enjoyed that didn't involve binge watching tv and cookies so I tried so I started doing things like my artwork again so I was drawing doing like anything really just kind of trying to do something constructive and then that progressed on I decided that I wanted to start learning the guitar um so I've been learning the guitar just doing something and that was it became like a, a mindfulness process so for those people out there that think kind of well I'll get triggered by the word mindfulness because there's a lot of airy fairy connotations with it or yeah. meditation or whatever else you know it was kind of doing something that, that was to, that, that took me out of that headspace that took me out of that isolation of you know just being with those kind of negative thoughts it took me away from that and actually into doing something creative and, and trying to turn that negative energy into constructive energy was kind of the start point and you know it's gonna it's a different it's a different process for everybody yeah but, yeah yeah, yeah. So, but i had but I'd, I'd re the first thing I recognised is what I needed to do is I needed to start breaking the pattern. And that's fucking hard. It's not easy to do. There, and there were times when I resisted it with, like, with everything that I had. And there were times when I fell flat on my face and just like, no, I can't do it today. And that's part of the process. But 
for every time that I fell flat on my face and didn't do it, there was a time where I did do it. And eventually I started doing it more. And, you know, if it was the drawing, the guitar or like the martial arts, for example, was another thing. Or if it was just doing some 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 mindfulness stuff or if it was starting to go for a walk to get some some sort of movement in or whatever right yeah. it was started with just gradually building bit by bit by bit by bit until i started to feel more more of a benefit so it wasn't so much about losing weight or anything initially it was more about creating energy so it was getting some of that negative energy out of my system and and bringing more positive energy in um, and have you ever, have you heard of a book called The Compound Effect? No, no. I can't for the life of me remember the author's name. But it's okay. this idea of like um, action breeds motivation. So because get, getting motivated to start is is when you're when you've got almost zero motivation is fucking hard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you actually, but once you actually start, when you can actually drag yourself out of that hole enough to actually do something. Yeah and you get a buzz from it, it becomes easier to do it again and again and again and again. And you start to build motivation and it, it compounds. It's like it accumulates. So it calls it, it, calls it the compound effect. So it, 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 it creates momentum. So yeah. it's, it's, just, it's just little daily practices of whatever it is, anything to get you out of that headspace or anything to kind of break that pattern. So any sort of pattern interrupts, anything to just get you to do something different from what, you want to do or, or what your brain is trying to get you to do because again when we're stressed out and when we are under threat and we we do go back to these kind of simple behaviors because we want comfort we want safety we want to feel whatever it is that we want to feel that escapism or whatever else right it, we do it enough it becomes habitual we don't think about it anymore we, it becomes it becomes automatic so we just do it and we go through yeah, it becomes yeah, a default yeah. so we have to break that default and yeah, it just starts with doing, like you said right at the beginning, it's just doing one thing. Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. something as that pattern interrupt. Yeah, basically, start to interrupt that pattern. And, and then just keep working on it and keep building on it. And and then you can add more stuff in as you go. And, you know, because sometimes people don't need more shit. Sometimes people might need less shit so it could be it could be something in the complete opposite if you're so if you if you were someone who's completely frazzled and running around like head to chicken all day and has got so much going on <laughs> it might yeah. not be a case of doing more of something it might be actually a case of hang on a minute something's got to give somewhere i need i need to create some space for myself so it could be a case of doing less of one thing so you know it's going to be different for everybody but it's the starting point is recognizing that the pattern of behavior is going against what the desired outcome is and somewhere along the line whether you're adding something or subtracting something there has to be a pattern interrupt there has to you have to break that cycle and that's the hardest part is the break is the start is that first step in breaking the cycle but once you start once you take those first few steps you start to to build the motivation and one of the things like people struggle with is or they always used to say to me like as like as a as a pt or as a coach or whatever else i need you to motivate me i need you to give me motivation it's like well okay i'm going to stop you there one motivation isn't something that i can just pull out of my pocket and give to you and I can't, <laughs> you know i can't motivate you it's your job to 
inspire yourself and motivate yourself. And my job is to help try and draw that out of you, not give you something that I can't physically yeah. give you. Yeah. So it's about all, all motivation starts internally. And there's a there's a great quote. Um, Paul Check uses it quite a lot. And again, I can't remember who originally said it, but it was a psychologist. But the quote is, if you've got a big enough dream, you don't need a crisis. So this, that, it all comes from sort of inside and it's tapping into whatever it is that you want in your life. And again, having a bit of specificity around it as well, because it's all well and good kind of having a dream and saying you want something. But if you've got no fucking idea of how to make that happen, then it just becomes a dream. It becomes a thought process. If it's something that's unobtainable yeah, in your no head, plan. then you're not going to break the pattern because it's going to feel hopeless. And again, it's that threat kicks in, you know, too slow, too overwhelming, whatever, too much. So yeah. needs to, so it comes back to this idea of having that degree of specificity and, and actually figuring out what it is that needs to happen to make that result a reality and start taking those first few steps. And you know what? Yeah, it might take time. It might be a pain in the ass, but... It also, we, we last week again, we were speaking about pain, right? Pain being a demotivator, we avoid pain and seek pleasure. Sometimes it's just, it is just a case of the pain of not doing becomes overwhelms the pain of doing, if that makes yeah. sense. So sometimes yeah, yeah. you just get to the point where you go so sick and tired that I feel like so, I'm, 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 the pain that I'm in right now is is so bad. It actually it'd actually be worse than me not doing it. Yeah, I can't. I literally can't stay in this hole anymore. Yeah, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that was the point I got to as well. It was that you know the thought of doing it didn't seem as painful as not doing it. No, so, no. Again, that's another way of me making a really long-winded way of trying to put across <laughs> quite a simple point. <laughs> I get the feeling over the the, the the episodes of this podcast, you know, however long we continue this for, Kyle, that's going to be a running concurrent theme. Kyle gives this amazing analogy and story and then just sim- summarises it very simply at the end. It's like, yeah, Kyle, you, you could have said that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, all right, hey, listen, and on I that bombshell. Yeah, on that bombshell. <laughs> Hey, listen, I'm I'm not going to be com- I'm not going to ever ever comment, Kyle, because I'll just be like, yeah, spades fucking spade, you know. No, Dave, give me some elaboration. No, there isn't any. <laughs> you know. You know? <laughs> no, how did you feel at the time? I don't have feelings. I'm a robot. <laughs> Does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, that's that's actually some really really good stuff, and I think um, I can't remember who it was. Oh, a, the Royal Marines used pain as a as an as an interesting one. It was a it was a Royal Marines goal setting stuff that was it was called gun to the head strategy, and it was just as a way of like because like you say sometimes pain you know like you said there it can be a motivator to get you to change in the first instance. And the the, the guy using it said basically, well, what would happen if I pulled a gun out and put it against your head or one of your kids? Would you find a way to change pretty much instantly? And you sort of stop and go. That's sick, but yeah. What would you do? Well, I could do this, 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 and this. And all of a sudden, you know, like you say, you've been sat in that hole for so long and you're going, I can't find a way to do it. Given that context, all of a sudden you're like, bang, 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 bang. All right, cool. Pick one. Well, which one? Doesn't matter. Pick one. You're doing nothing. You know, picking anyone is better than nothing. Yeah, because 
you will go forward just by taking some action, you know, just simply by default. And I think something else you said uh, there as well is that about, you know, you are going to fuck up. I'm, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, you are. You will fail. If you've not done something for a long time or you are completely new to something, if you're changing, let's say that this health and fitness behavior, you're going to fuck up. You need to give yourself permission to fail at the start. And rather than saying, oh, I'm failing, no, you're learning. Right? And I, I'm going to put this in context, especially with like kids. I would never, ever, ever, ever treat my kids the way that I've sometimes treated my own brain. Like, oh, you're fucking useless. You know, you fucked it up yet again. I can't imagine. One, probably because I don't know, I'm getting deaded by my wife if I am. <laughs> yeah, that gun to your head. Yeah, that gun to the head wouldn't be an analogy anymore. But like, Jamie, where did you get that back? <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I would never speak to you. And I just think about my daughter, like, ah, Bo, you're you're you know. No, I just wouldn't do it. But like, look, how many times have you done it? Well, I've only done it once over the... Let's, I mean, let's, I've done it once over the last week. How many times did you do it? Oh, none. Cool, brilliant. You've, you've technically made an infinite amount of progress. Next week you do it too, like you say, and then three, and then all of a sudden, and I don't know about you, but it, like you, you were saying about that book, the compounding effect. I, what tends to happen is you fail, say like six days out of seven, succeed one, then it's two and five, three, and it's normally around the third sort of week and tipping point where all of a sudden, and then it goes three, six, and it jumps because by then that compound effect has started to take over. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, and that's and that's that's really important guys especially right at the start don't be discouraged if you don't succeed on every single bit of it right at the start because guess what you're not gonna none of us do we're all human so social media let's 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 you know reveal those lies it's not all the, the glitz and glamour of social media can you imagine if social media actually portrayed the real thing it's like actually i tanked six out of my workouts this week and i only did one yeah, just just not sexy, is it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's not. And you know, you've only got to listen to me to play the guitar, just to just to understand that concept. Because I fuck up playing the guitar all the time. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I've been learning for like two years, and I can just about strum strum a few chords together. But you know, if, but I don't let that bother me not anymore because. Part part of it is to do with like the outcome as well, you know. I mean that that specific yeah. that specific task that the function of that task is to um, get me out of my own head and focus me on doing something other than beat myself up. Because yeah. when I'm yeah. trying to remember a set a chord pattern or something like that, or try and learn um, a scale or play a song, I'm not at that point. I'm still at that conscious incompetence phase. So it takes a lot of brain power to focus on what I'm doing. So, you know, my brain hasn't really got time to beat itself up in the process. So yeah. it, that's that's the detachment side of it. But something that you um, said that I kind of just want to reiterate was that whole action and inaction thing. Right? The worst thing you can do is nothing. Yeah. You know, there's you can make the best choice. You can make a choice that isn't that great or you can do sweet fa but 99 percent of the time the worst thing that you can do is nothing and it's like like you said if you've got that gun to your head unfortunately i think the reality is that most people 99 percent of the time they probably would do nothing or they would do as they're told but but if we use that analogy you know there's the you, you've got you know that if you do nothing you're going to get shot 
Yeah. So you either you you have to do something, whether that action is to try and take the gun or whether it's to run away. Your, your chances of survival have increased significantly compared to just standing there and doing and then taking a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So we've always got these three choices. You've got like the best choice, the not so good choice, or do nothing. And generally. Even if you do the, the not-so-good choice or you take the, the less optimal choice, that's going to be where you fuck up and make a learning experience and go, okay, so this didn't work for me this time. I know to do something different next time. That's that's called being human. That's growth. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, you keep doing nothing, you continue to get nothing. It's that, the old cliche Einstein quote, isn't it? If you can keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, that's the definition of insanity. Of insanity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that, that quote about like doing something the right thing, is, it's actually an Abraham Lincoln one. And it says, in times of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing you can do is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. And it's like you say, there's, you know, do something and learn from it because otherwise you do end up insane literally <laughs> yeah don't don't ever stop learning it's an interesting point because as adults we tend to lose that capacity to to just treat everything as a learning experience whereas and it's my genuine belief that you come into this life especially as kids with everything you actually need to succeed and it gets deprogrammed out of you because if i if i look at my kids they learn something they take some action they analyze it they then create like like you know about the brain they they analyze it they create a prediction based on that analysis then they create a response or some new action and it's just that constant process all the you time know, you know why that is don't you go on that's our wonderful need for social connection judgment shame guilt ah. fear See, kids don't have these things because kids basically run around in a dream world. So they've got no concepts. It's like, <laughs> you know, but as we get older and we start to develop our filters and we start to start to kind of make our own judgments about the world and whatever else, all of a sudden that need for social connection kicks in a whole lot more. And we, are, we, we, we do care about being judged. Yeah. You know, let's face it. Like, we've, I mean, all right, I'm not a parent, but in those contexts of like, if you've got a, like a two or three year old or whatever else, they don't like to be shouted at, or they don't like things taken away from them. But you can shout at a child and tell them off, and they'll forget about it five minutes later, and it'll be happy again. They're off in dreamland somewhere. Whereas you shout at an adult, yeah, they remember it. Yeah, well, they don't just remember it; they latch onto it, and it's like. <laughs> They can't let it go, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's something to be said for that, Dave. For sure. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, I've got an amusing uh, story. Um, yeah, and those of you that are listening and are parents, whatever you do, uh, don't uh, get your three-year-old to, to be your personal trainer because they are vindictive, evil bastards. Uh, <laughs> for example, after running around the garden uh, and doing some squats, what I got told by the three-year-old was more squats, daddy. No, no, Eddie, I, I literally can't move my legs. Looks me up and down. More squats, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and he calls push-ups tunnels because every time I do a push-up, he tries to like dive under it. And it's like more tunnel, daddy. Eddie, I'm literally on the floor. I'm unable to pick myself up. <laughs> Jumps up and down on my back, screaming more tunnel, daddy, more tunnel. <laughs> 
you know to anyone that was a client a previous client of mine i'm so sorry i now get why you hate me <laughs> and, uh, and on that bombshell that's the 43 minute mark oh damn here we go <laughs> Oh, uh, we better cut it there. So, yeah. thanks for listening, guys. Um, yeah, we'll be back with more nonsense and brain nuggets next week. Indeed. As long as, assuming that Dave hasn't been murdered by his wife. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not here, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Mojo Show. Join us again next week for more real talk about the world of health, fitness and self-help.